If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of California Underground Podcast. We have a pretty jam-packed show tonight. I'm excited for this topic, mostly because it's very... I guess topical you could say even it, uh, i always appreciate when we pick a topic and then it ends up that this topic becomes even more relevant as the week goes on uh so we're calling this the pandemic pandemonium we're gonna be talking about covid how it tried to make a comeback covid a thing again didn't really pan out and then we're going to talk about now the whole craze is monkeypox everyone's talking about monkeypox it's a new national public health emergency along with california declaring a state of emergency. San Diego has declared a public health emergency. Everyone's declaring public health emergencies. It's all the rage right now. Um, and here to talk about it, as always, one of our favorite people, emergencies and her take on it is Natalie. Welcome back, Natalie. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Glad to Excellent. be back. And as always, I have my trusty co-host Cynthia here as well. How are you doing? Doing great. Very excited to jump into this topic. Excellent. Um, I guess we'll start with COVID because it it kind of came and went, right? Like there was this big fear that Barbara Ferreira was going to put masks back in uh, LA County. Uh, I don't. It, it never really caught as much steam as I think she was hoping. Um, I don't know. Maybe Natalie can let me know. She she's up in that area, so she could definitely tell me. I know when Beverly Hills said we're not doing mass anymore, I felt like that kind of took the wind out of her sails. But what was your take on? Say we're going to start thinking about going back to mass. I don't know if this is just something I tell myself, but I honestly thought it was going to happen, and I think it would have happened. I think it was. Some of the pushback, uh, I think it was a video had come out of her at a Dodger game and she was outside, but uh, it was a state of emergency, allegedly. And it's just an odd thing to be at a Dodger game unmasked. And I'd never seen her unmasked before. Um, I think I've always seen her with a mask on. And then there was the story that came out that her daughter had authored a study that they had heavily relied on to support mm. masking. Um, and whenever I would go to the... Los Angeles Public Health Department Twitter page. She doesn't have a personal Twitter. It was very mixed in the comments and there would be people wanting it, but then there would be a lot of people pushing back. And I I really think that it was that combined with Beverly Hills and Long Beach. I think there was one other uh, neighborhood that said they weren't going to do it, but I don't know. I thought it was coming. Um, and I almost wanted it to come to see what people would do, whether they would really comply in uh, August of 2022 with everything else going on under the current administration. But uh, I kind of tell myself that it's because of some of the pushback, but who knows? I hope we never see them again, though, because they say cases went down. And if they went down without masks, um, then I guess they can go down without masks. And <laughs> we know that now. Oh, and then there was also uh, LA, USC, and a hospital saying that only 10% of their um, COVID patients were actually coming in with COVID symptoms. They were just, the other 90% were in there for other reasons and they just happened to test positive. So I think all of those things combined just took the wind out of her sails. Yeah. She would, they were trying it and then it was almost immediately it 
this. Um, hold on one second. I'm having a little bit of tech here. It did seem like the, the pushback was almost immediate. Like, and, and the rest of the country almost looked at it and was like, are you seriously thinking about going back to masks? Like, this is yeah. insane. And, and, and everyone always points to California and look, is like, of course, California is going to go back to mass and they're going to be the first ones to go back to mass. And uh, I don't know if it was a lot of the pushback. They did say they're going into the high category. And now I'm looking at the Los Angeles Daily News that said LA County hopes to move out of the high COVID category Thursday. So who knows who's really paying attention to the numbers anymore? Uh, even Newsom didn't really make a big deal about COVID starting to come back. And I think. Uh, Maybe there's COVID fatigue. Can you agree that I think there's a lot of COVID fatigue? It's hard to think about going back to COVID after everything that we've been through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people still voluntarily masking, which is totally their prerogative. But I would say overall that there must be some COVID fatigue, even among people who have not had it this whole time. So it's hard to imagine. And it is a step backwards. She said it wasn't, but you know, it is a step backwards masking when we know now that if we want to go back to mask mandates, they're not handing out in 95s, which I wouldn't want them to do anyways. People are going to put on their cloth masks again, if they even comply. And we know that those don't work. They don't do anything, even surgical masks. So none of it makes any sense. And I hope we have seen the end of masking for COVID. So Natalie, like there's a lot of speculation and different reasons and you know because we are a political podcast and you know midterms are coming up do you think part of the reason is because people are tired and ready to move on do you think part of it because it's politically motivated or do you think people you know are way focused on other issues like how we're paying six dollars for gas like what what's your take on that yeah i mean i i don't know i think it could go both ways i think they kind of need a crisis to almost distract from $6 gas and everything else going on. Um, but then also it's not, he said he was going to come in and he had a plan for COVID, you know? So, and clearly it hasn't gone well and he's, you know, now sick with COVID twice in a row. Um, so I would, they would be more inclined to push it under the rug and not use that as a distraction, but I don't really know. It was bizarre to me that we were even, playing with that in LA, even in LA County. Um, but I don't know, maybe it is, I know a lot of people say, well, it'll be back for the midterms and that kind of thing to encourage mail-in voting and all of that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we probably haven't seen the last of it, right? Yeah, I don't know if it'll, I, I think a lot of people are like, well, it's just in time for the midterms and all that. They say. And I, I don't know if I want to go down that alley that, it, or it, it's like, here it comes here comes the big plan to get everyone to like do mail-in voting and stuff like mm -hmm. that i think they genuinely think maybe this is an overton window i think we talked about this last week with dan yeah, um, I on the to podcast that yeah. and it, it's all about sort of this overton window of how fast can we get people to change their behavior on like a dime mm -hmm. and it seems like they were pretty successful with covid they were able to get people to completely upend their lives stop what they were doing and change ex everything that they were doing and um yeah i think they were trying to say can we keep pressing that button and making people do what we want them to and masks are clearly the the most easiest way to see can we get you to put a mask on your face and can we get you to do what we want 
just at the drop of a hat. You're right. Yeah. I mean, but that's just so bold now that we've seen so many things come out that masks don't work and the vaccines don't work. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, whatever. Uh, yes, you're right. I do think that they there was an obviously an element of control and they want to see how far they can push it. But just so strange to me to go back to that when regular people, even people who aren't as obsessed as I, like know that these things clearly didn't have the effect that we were told they were going to have. So I don't know. It's very bold to go back to that type of control just to see. Yeah, it's uh, but I, I I was when I saw this and then I saw people. It's interesting because you could see just the rumblings of it were enough to get people to kind of get a little bit more scared about it. And just the news saying COVID's making a comeback. It's the numbers are going up. You could around and see Mm -hmm. around your community and see like, hey, more people are wearing masks. Like this is really happening. People are thinking like we're going back into these lockdowns. Um, And it is interesting to just see on like a sociological level of how fast people are to just listen to the news and the media and say, oh my gosh, COVID numbers are going up. Okay, everyone put your mask back on. Everyone has to, you know, just jump back into what we were doing before, regardless of whether if we we know it works or not, we're just going to go right back into it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I mean, I've, I know I've said this before, and I know you know this, but you know, I, I'm a reasonable person. I think we all are. I'm willing to do things to help out other people. Obviously, I started all of this, you know, very afraid of COVID and wearing a mask all the time. And I happen to be a Democrat. I'm not saying the two are related in any way. But it's like, when does this end? You know, what is in game? And clearly, there is no in game unless it's zero COVID. It just I think people need to have a okay, this is how long we're going to do this for. This is the goal we're trying to reach. And clearly we have lost that with COVID. Mm. And I don't know how anyone can accept that anymore, even if you are immune compromised or afraid or whatever. I mean, there has to be some kind of clear finish line or goal. Yeah, and it clearly seems to be like they've they figured out this method of getting people to to jump and um, mm-hmm. and... They're, they're jumping and maybe they're going to try this with monkey pox. Um, I have to fix a technical issue. You two ladies talk okay. amongst yourself. I'll be right back. So don't yeah. leave the studio. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. Okay. As they said on Silent Life, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Hey girl. Hey. Uh, hi. This always <laughs> seems to happen when I'm on, I get him off and get him <laughs> alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just trying to figure out what we can and can't say. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure. No, it's funny. Like I, I always like. I remember there was a period where um, I think Instagram was even tracking your DMs. So even like in the DMs, I would say the V just to be safe. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's crazy stuff. One of my first YouTube videos was taken down and I, you know, I have like four subscribers. So I I believe it that basically nothing is safe. You know, I don't know. (laughs) So you're back now that I'm back. uh, Technical issues subsided. Time to kind of pivot into, I think, topic that we want to get to, which is uh, monkeypox, which is this week and it was just declared a state of emergency 
um, recently, and now it's been declared a public health national correct term. Cynthia, am I getting that correct? You saw yep, this before. Public, yeah, public health emergency by the United States. Okay, so uh, we, we got state of emergencies all over the place. San Diego declared a state of emergency. Um, all sorts of crazy things are happening right now. Everyone's freaking out about monkeypox. Uh, find this. Well, first off, let's start with this. And I want before we get uh, nuked off of you. Let's see if this actually works this time. I'm trying to share my still out on what this works or no. not. Apologies to everyone new platform yeah stretching our legs wait for it okay so i want to say this is from an authoritative source this is from cdc.gov and just so we're clear so that the algorithm doesn't think that we're spreading misinformation we're getting this from the cdc.gov now natalie if you cite from this say that's misinformation as well Anyway, um, and it says monkeypox spreads in a few ways. Monkeypox can spread to anyone through close, personal, often skin-to-skin -skin contact, including direct contact with monkeypox rash, scabs, or bodily fluids from a person. Objects, fabric, surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox. Um, contact with respiratory secretions. Sneezing, coughing, I guess that's a respiratory secretion. Uh, the direct contact can happen during intimate contact, including if you have children watching. Three, two, one. Or, or touching the genitals, and it goes into everything. Uh, or anus. I like how they have to put parentheses, butthole. It's just weird for the CDC to put that. Of a person with monkeypox, hugging, massage, contact, touching fat objects during sex that were used by a person with monkeypox, bedding towels, fetish gear. Now, those, I think those two last things are going to be key into how we're going to pivot into what has happened here in California. Senator Scott Weiner, what happened in. Why does California have 800 monkeypox? We're the second in the nation. New York. Um, so everyone's clear on the ground rules. This is how monkeypox spreads, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think Phil's frozen. Okay. Should have just won one, but um, okay. Hold wow. on one sec. We may be, mm -hmm. there we go. All good. Yep. So for those listening and watching, um, we're just having some technical difficulties, yes. but here, the show is going on. Don't leave. <laughs> yeah, it's hard figuring out a new platform, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. we've had... But I know um, from a content creation, um, this is just a plug for Riverside. Um, I know I'm fills in. It's great to be able to mm -hmm. edit and repurpose your content. Um, 
But yeah. So, but yeah, like as we were mentioning, um, we were going through the CDC reliable source, number one source to get public health information. Um, <laughs> we just went over how one can contract monkeypox. And um, Natalie, do you know if Los Angeles declared a health of state of emergency? We did. We did. Yeah. A couple days ago. I think Monday. Okay. Yeah. Do you know if Orange County did by any chance? I don't think so. Mm. Okay. I know San Francisco did. I know right. New York City did. And now the country. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be very interesting to see. So obviously those that are heavily more Democrat is more um, inclined to declare these state emergencies. I think it'll be very interesting to see how Republican strongholds react to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess a state of emergency is, <laughs> what is it to get more funding and that kind of thing? It doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually in a state of emergency, obviously. That is very true. Okay. If one declares a state of emergency, um, this is factually correct, but when a county and a state, they are inclined to receive funding to be able to propagate and to be able to combat the mm -hmm. state of emergency, Okay. Hello, you're back. Yeah. God, I'm so embarrassed. I feel this is the first it's time okay. it's ever happened. Um, no, you're fine. We were just talking about how, you know, I we're we're speculating on how, you know, all these different counties in the state and how, you know, across the country it's mostly the blue states, blue counties that are declaring this. So we're just speculating on how a Republican or red area would would um, respond to this emergency. And, you know, we were also just discussing how, you know, what's the intent of a state emergency and factually speaking, um, one is able to get funding if they declare it. So we're just going down the rabbit hole there, which is factually true. Um, California did receive a lot of funding for this, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that it is the deep blue states that have jumped all over monkeypox and have declared a state of emergency. I haven't, I don't think Ron DeSantis has declared a state of emergency in Florida. I don't think so. I think it's only like no. California and New York, mostly because mm -hmm. cases. Um, yeah. But have we, have, did, while I was gone, did we pivot into our favorite state senator, Scott Weiner? We were saving him for you. I, I don't like the way you phrased that. I don't want <laughs> to, I don't want you to ever save Scott. <laughs> um, on that note, Scott Weiner is one of, I guess you would say, more liberal and progressive Democrats. He's from San Francisco. Uh, if there's ever a weird bill, the state legislature, there's a good chance. That it is um, Scott Weiner is behind it, and one of the things that he tweeted, and I guess we can kind of go back around this, but he's been pushing really hard on monkeypox and what's going on. Uh, he is a out and open gay man, um, so I guess you could say that that's who he's fighting for, and he's been the most outspoken. He's actually also been named. Uh, the head of the committee, the oversight committee for all monkeypox in California. Cynthia, you sent that to me. Hmm. That's correct. The oversight. Yeah, there's now an oversight committee to see what's going on with monkeypox. Senator Scott is 
Um, so he tweeted, lecturing people not to have sex isn't a public health strategy. It didn't stop HIV. It made it worse and won't stop monkeypox. What will work is vaccination, testing, and education. Now, I feel like this is where we're really going to start getting into the nitty gritty monkeypox. And I think we're all going to get pretty, uh, we have a lot of strong feelings about this. Why did he tweet this out is because there's been a correlation. And I want to make sure I say this correctly. It's not that monkeypox is purely a disease that affects only the gay male community, right? It is not just a gay man disease. So I want to make that clear. It can, we read the what happens. We know how it spreads. So we know that if two heterosexual each other, one is monkeypox, one doesn't, you can still get monkeypox. But it has spread in the past month or so in certain areas because of it was probably. Okay, I'm still here. Um, mm-hmm. And this was incredibly was instead of saying, hey guys, monkeypox spreads from skin to skin transmission. And we know this, and we know it's very contagious if people are very close together and they're rubbing up on each other, that they said, maybe we should cancel this thing called Door Alley. And for those of you who don't know, it's also called Up Your Alley, Wikipedia, is a leather and fetish event held in San Francisco, California on the last Sunday of July on Folsom Street between 9th and 10th Streets and on Door Street from Howard Street to half a block southeast of Folsom Street. And it's a BDS, BDSM fetish and leather event. So this is not, again, this isn't the right-wing, far-right-wing propaganda of saying, we're making this up and it's BDSM and all that. This is literally what happened just recently. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still with me? Everyone in agreement? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and a day after this, California declared a state of emergency, not door alley. Yeah. It was the day after. Um, you sent me this tweet with uh, this mascot and this PSA they put out, uh, a douchey's guide to a door alley without fear of monkeypox. Natalie, did you see this? I did. Yeah. I went through the guide. You went through the full guide. Yeah. I did. Uh, did you find it educational learning from <laughs> Douchey the mascot? Yeah, I did. I, I did. I wonder where I, well, I, I won't jump ahead, but yeah, I definitely, I feel confident to be able to go to door alley next year and yeah. not be. So here. I wish I could show this to everyone, but again, we're having some weird te- technical difficulties tonight. I don't know if it's the bad weather in San Diego has screwed everything up. Whenever there's bad weather in San Diego, it screws everything up. People can't drive. People don't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> um, and it basically has this cute little character of a, a douche. And he is, first off, he's dressed in leather. And he has a whole bunch of helpful tips. Uh, first off, he says, don't skip the piggy parties. We've heard from people who are worried about attending events out of fear of contracting monkeypox. We hope you partake while also taking steps to reduce risk. 
it's been a long, long few years without community events because of COVID. We think it's time to get back out there safely and if you feel comfortable. Uh, play dress up. It's never been a better time to play to dress from top to bottom in latex or leather. Keeping your skin covered is a surefire way to prevent exposure, which is true. You don't want skin to skin. But that's just the beginning. We're just getting warmed up. That's the appetizer. <laughs> uh, Dushi also tells you, take a friend to the dungeon. Going to sex parties with people you know and planning on who you'll hook up with can be one way to reduce your risk if you're able to have open and honest conversations about monkeypox symptoms and possible exposures. Talk to the people you'll play with ahead of time about monkeypox, but also things like HIV prep and sexual health testing. Um, Dushi also says, it's okay to be picky with your sex partners. Uh, we do this all the time. There are a ton of factors that go into choosing who you'll have sex with and what you'll do with that person or people, multiple people. Pay attention to how you're making choices about who you hook up with and be aware of situations that make you feel uncomfortable or beyond your limits. This advice can be absent. Be about monkeypox. Um, and then he goes on and on. Oh, this one was my, was, I think the favorite that a lot of people pointed out, cover up your own bumps. Do she says. So if you have bumps that could be monkeypox, cover them up. See a bump on your skin where it might be monkeypox. If you're not sure, you still want to go out tonight, cover it up with a bandaid or clothing before you go out. If you feel like it's likely to be monkeypox, it makes sense to stay home and wait and then try to get vaccinated. That's Douchey's guide to Door Alley. Um, thoughts about Douchey's <laughs> advice? Uh, I'm glad you shared the part about the bumps because I the whole thing is ridiculous, but I found that to be the maybe the most egregious part. Um, I wonder where Douchey was for the past two and a half years. I think it's outrageous that, look, I don't want the state to come in and shut down people's activities. Um, I, maybe some conservatives would disagree with me. I don't know. I think it's terrible that sitting senators and public health officials are not condemning this. And it's crazy that we had to spend two and a half years pretending like we might be sick. That's the whole notion that masking is predicated on, that I might be sick. That's why I was yelled at for not wearing one. Uh, asymptomatically sick. With I even took tests sometimes, and I still had to wear a mask. Uh, negative tests, and then you just can have bumps and they're saying go out. And I understand, I'm realistic. I understand that, yeah, people are gonna do their thing. It's not always gonna stop people. And I don't want the state to come in and physically stop people necessarily, but it's crazy. That's irresponsible and crazy and just so hypocritical coming off. I mean, it would be crazy without even COVID, in the context of COVID, but coming off two and a half years and we're not even done with it. We're still dealing with masks, obviously. We're still dealing with people losing their jobs over vaccines. And it's nuts that I had to pretend like I was sick. I was shamed for acknowledging that I was a healthy human being, blessed to be a healthy human being the past two and a half years. And this is disgusting. And I'm going to emphasize again, like we were not allowed, unless you were part of the political elite, you were not allowed, to, if you had family members, loved ones die. Um, you were forced to to uh, make your funeral sizes smaller, again, unless you're the political elite, because then you get to have as many people as you want and the media and Hollywood there too, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're forced, if you had a loved one die in the hospital, you were not allowed to see them. 
Um, this mm -hmm. is factually correct because I've had personal experiences um, these past two years doing that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we go on and on and on, but it's really asinine to me to say the least. Yeah, and it's it's also, I mean, I had the same experience. Uh, a grandmother died in the hospital. There was no funeral um, and she died alone. But it's also, I don't know, it's I, childish, the whole thing, uh, the character and all that. And I, I think that I don't want to jump ahead in the conversation, but it kind of speaks to the overall response of like treating the gay community like children and like we can't be honest about who's really at risk for monkeypox right now and what can you actually do to protect yourself um i know that it's cute little infographics aren't exclusive to douchey or whatever or san francisco aids foundation but uh it's just i i don't know it's, it's very strange to me in the context of public health emergencies and taking something seriously and treating people like adults which in a sense to me seems sort of anti-gay that we that we don't treat them like adults. I don't know. It's weirdly so not anti-gay that it is anti-gay in my opinion. Yeah, I mean the, the hypocrisy is definitely thick thick enough you could cut it with a knife. Mm -hmm. And I, I was thinking about this week and I actually got kind of upset about it. And because I was like, like you're saying. We spent the past two years having people shame you for doing sick things. Yeah. Not just, not whatever douchey wants you to do or door alley. Yeah. The most basic things caused families to rip apart for family members to stop talking to you. Mm -hmm. You know, traveling was something Yvonne and I did during COVID. And, and people were like, how dare you travel? You know, how dare you think about traveling? You must love killing grandmas because I guess if I was so cavalier and didn't really care about other people dying or their health, I guess I could go travel. But, you know, they would stand on their high horse and put themselves up on a pedestal yeah. about how fantastic they were um, traveling. You couldn't go to restaurants. The idea of, oh, I just love to go sit in a restaurant again. Oh how dangerous and, and how irresponsible that you want to go sit in a restaurant. I actually had, I was in a lawyer chat room and I brought up about how it would be nice to go sit in a, in a restaurant again. And somebody just let loose on me and was like, well, that's because you're an effing racist and ba 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 And like, I don't know what being a racist had to do with wanting to go eat in a restaurant during COVID, but that's usually the go-to. It's just people became unhinged and people became so good at shaming you for yes. behavior, just normal behavior. Mm -hmm. This is normal stuff. This is what people, millions of people do in this country every single day. And you were shamed into not doing it anymore. Yes. Yeah. Now we have something where we clearly know what happens. We clearly know, read from the CDC, what happens. And everyone just kind of put their hands up and go, yeah, it's fine. Just, you know, follow Douchey's advice and everything will be fine. And the fact that the state of California waited until after this festival to declare a state of emergency is even more just egregious because why... I guess it's not that big of an emergency that we had to let this festival happen. Uh, 
for fear that we might insult somebody or hurt yeah. somebody's feelings. Like, and is that something? Am I on the right path, or do people? Do you guys feel the same, or? I do feel the same, and I think everything you're saying, I I do think it sounds almost a little bit anti-gay. It's like how we've come full circle with racism. Like we're so not racist now that we're back at racism and segregation. Not caring, not telling the truth, allowing these things to go on, encouraging them, having these weird little juvenile guides. That sounds to me like a little bit like you don't care about the gay community, that you care more about preserving feelings than you do about preserving lives. And we saw this during COVID. We were never told the full truth about who's really at risk. It was still the same messaging of, oh, everybody's at risk. And I, to this day, I don't think I've ever heard Fauci seriously set, suggest that we should maybe lose weight or anything like that. And we had two and a half years. So I, it just is very bizarre emphasis on feelings over the truth. And I'm sure, like we said, it's not a gay disease. I'm sure that heterosexual people can get it. They, there's cases of them having it, not currently in the United States. But that's missing the whole underbelly of the conversation, which is the fact that there is a huge group which is severely more at risk. It's like 98% of the cases right now. Mm. And that's significant. If you care about that group, that's significant to really emphasize. And I, to me, it sounds a little bit anti-gay, this whole thing. Yeah, well, don't forget, don't leave out the straight men who have sex with gay men because they're at risk too, which- okay. you Whatever you identify that, as, yeah, identity yeah. Is, is key. Um, that's <laughs> definitely a weird play. On, I don't know how else you put that, but yeah, to your point, and it, it does frustrate me because I feel like we're at a point where as a society, we're in trouble if we can't be adults enough to call out something for what it really is mm -hmm. and, and not call it, you know, not be prejudiced about it, but to call out what the reality is and to say, hey, guys, there's this new illness going around we know it's contracted by skin to skin maybe we shouldn't have an event that emphasizes skin on skin contact yeah like that would be the responsible mature adult thing to do right mm -hmm. it and i thought about this analogy and i may be way off and you can let me know but it's like when a little kid says i i'm sick and i want to stay home from school and the parent goes Okay, well, if you're sick and you want to stay home from school, I guess you're not well enough to go to your friend's birthday party later. Yeah. It's one or the other. You're sick to go to your friend's school and it's that bad, or you want to go to your, your buddy's party later. You can't have it both ways. Either monkey mm -hmm. pox and Senator Scott Wiener says, this is uh, an emergency. We have to get vaccines. We have to get all this yes. stuff done. Give us federal funding. This is a calamity. Or you want to have door rally festival yeah like but i think as a that's leader a, he should yeah. step up and say like as a, a leader in the gay community he should step up and say hey guys maybe let's not have this event let's be the yeah. responsible ones but he had it and was like listen to douchey and i'm i'm gonna be there and, and do all these great things and, and have yeah. fun but sorry i cut you off you were gonna say something no i i mean i was cutting you off and i apologize but no i think well in a way that is sort of similar to the response to covid because 
I said before, and I think we all agree, there's like two types of people, the people who genuinely want to get back to normal, which would probably be the three of us and most of your listeners, and they're not asking anyone for anything. And then there's other people who want to get back to normal, quote unquote, but then they need you to do all this weird stuff, like wear a mask when you enter the restaurant and then not wear it when you sit down or whatever. And they want to do all these non-essential activities, but also still act like it's a weird emergency. And in a true state of emergency, in a real pandemic, you wouldn't be going to restaurants or to the movie theaters or anything like that. I'm not calling for stricter lockdowns, obviously, but it's very bizarre. I worked at like a haunted house last year and when we were in the middle of our vaccine mandates. And also I worked at a restaurant, which is what I did before I was no longer allowed to. Um, And it was still when we were in the middle of COVID in LA County. And it was very bizarre to me, the number of people who came in and uh, clearly they wanted some semblance of normal. And I understand that. But then they also had all these strange rules. And it's like, you wouldn't be here if you were really worried. And I think there's a little bit of that in this door alley thing of like, yeah, it's an emergency. And we really need access to vaccines. We really need access to better healthcare and all of this stuff. But we want to have our cake and eat it too. It's not that surprising to me after the last two and a half years, even though in so many ways, this is very hypocritical situation. Um, That's what we saw for the last two and a half years. Once things kind of opened up more, it's like, oh, well, we can open up, but we need you to have the vaccine card and we need you to have a mask and all that. And it's just, it's nonsense. It's not an emergency at that point. And and of all people, like Senator Scott Wiener is one of the, I mean, he was behind a lot of the vaccine work. Mm -hmm. Was it the vaccine working group? Was that what they were called? The the gang of like far left Democrats who were pushing like, private employers have to, you have to vaccinate all of your employees as a private employer on kids under all kids at school have to be vaccinated, like all that stuff. Like, um, and it's interesting. He wants to choose everything for you. Mm -hmm. But then when you turn around say to Senator Scott Wiener and we're just using Senator Scott Wiener because he's the face of it. Now he's become the spokesperson. I mean, he's literally the head of the oversight committee on it. Um, you can't turn around and be like, uh, maybe you shouldn't have had that big festival. That was ir- really irresponsible. And his tweet is stop sex shaming us. And it's like, we're not sex shaming you. We're just telling you, you did what you weren't supposed to do in light of this. Um, after two years of you telling us everything we should not do from your point of view. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, I think wanted... he's... go ahead. Cynthia. No, you go. You go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to go down another rabbit hole. Because, okay, let's but do before, it. But before we do that, I do want to be factually correct on this program. So Scott Wiener is the head of this committee. But I do want to know it's bipartisan. We have um, Senator Rosella Ochoa Bog. And then we also have, um, so she's the only Republican. We have Senator Lena Gonzalez, Senator John Liard, Susan Eggman, and then we have our other favorite of the program. We have Dr. Richard Pan, part of this committee. Of yeah. Um, and I guess my question to you, Natalie, is um, speaking of, you know, asking for cooperation and, you know, it's factually correct. We have, you know, private institutions mandating the V. Um, do you think it's next to be able to ask for the smallpox vaccine to be mandated? Um, I, mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I know, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I don't know. 
there is a big shortage right now of the smallpox vaccine or whatever it is, the monkey pox vaccine. I think they're the same thing, um, which is a lot of the pushback that's happening right now against public health uh messaging on this is that we kind of bungled. I, I probably believe that we probably messed up with a bunch of bureaucratic red tape, the testing and the vaccine on this. Um, and if people want that, if it helps, whatever, I'm not completely anti V the way people say that I am. I, I'm anti COVID shot um, <laughs> for myself. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to mandate this. I mean, we saw it with COVID that there were people who were not at risk for this. There were people who were not at risk for serious illness and disease. Uh, it was far more contagious, obviously, far more deadly. To my knowledge, no one has died of monkeypox in the United States. Um, but crazier things have happened. And I don't know if they're going to mandate that too next uh, to protect the gay community because we want to preserve you know, feelings and preserve Door Alley. Do you think... Um do you predict or could you foresee like a more aggressive approach for in the name of public health? Like, for example, during COVID, um, you know, this happened in San Diego. They had curfews, things of that nature. Like, I guess I'm curious what your opinion is on as far as the response. Do you think that's too early to predict or what are your what? Where is your head in that regard? I don't know. I would I would say it's probably too early. I, I'm, I'm open to so many things have happened in the last two and a half years. I'm sure we can all agree that I never would have thought would have happened. Um, and I worry about that. I think Dan mentioned it on, on the podcast you guys did last week that uh, I think he mentioned it in relation to climate lockdowns. But yeah, that I don't want to make a prediction of, oh, that can never happen because four years ago I would have said, oh, that can never happen. And then <laughs> so many things happened. I would have never even dreamed of it. So I don't know. I, I think it could go both ways. I think if this becomes a very harsh restriction, then it could end up in stigma against the gay community, which they're trying to avoid, because I think we all kind of know that it's largely 98% of cases in the gay community. And if you start imposing upon people's lives, um, I don't know if that's going to play out the way that they hope, but in LA, in California, maybe. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they pivot into any sort of restrictions on the population as a whole, because if it, and I think you're right, if it does turn into restrictions of people on the whole, it's going to be a, a backlash against the gay community, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because it's not everybody in the gay community. It's not everybody who uh, identifies that way. It's, you know, this group that decided we're going to have this festival and groups like this having festivals in Seattle and New York, New York was a big one. Um, and it will create a stigma. And like you were saying before, it's funny, we'll, we'll actually come back around to more anti-gay sentiment than there ever was before because of what just happened and them allowing this to happen this festival to happen and people will obviously start pointing fingers of well i didn't go to this festival and i'm not doing anything and then if the state of california turns around and says well everybody has to get a monkeypox vaccine now and we're rushing a monkeypox vaccine to the market yeah. i think a lot of people would be like wait a second hold on hold up i don't think i need a monkeypox vaccine I'm not worried about it. This isn't my fault, blah, blah, blah. So I think it is in danger of, of creating anti-gay stigma 
in California and across the country if it, 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 it turns that way. Yes, or stigma against everyone who declines, politely refuses the monkeypox vaccine. I don't know. It depends on how effective they are in their messaging. But to be clear, I know I've already said this. I, I personally would not have want them, wanted them to shut down that event. Uh, I just think we need better, more honest messaging. I want better messaging from public health officials and elected officials of under people are going to do what they're going to do. And I support that. But we shouldn't be propping it up. Um, that kind of, I don't, I don't want to shame or stigmatize anybody because I went through it the last two and a half years. That's not my goal. Um, but we shouldn't be encouraging these things and we should be empowering people to understand what they can do to protect themselves, especially right now where, when there's not testing and there's not a vaccine. Um, you kind of are on your own to maybe change your behavior and, you know, empower the gay community, although I disagree with that lifestyle, as opposed to uh, propping up their own demise, you know, so. I kind of want to ask your take, and if it's too much, you can, you know, kind of emphasize your your stance on it. But wouldn't I'm playing devil's advocate? But wouldn't one yeah. say that um, we are we're going down a slippery slope in the sense of like we don't want to impose, but then at the same time, if we're encouraging people to not do it, aren't we kind of being hypocrites here? Uh, no, I mean, I think if you're encouraging people to not do it, that's different than we're going to shut it down. Uh, which after the past two and a half years that we're going to shut this down and that down and, and, you know, arrest people off the beach. I just, I kind of shy away from that. Um, if, if people want to do these things, especially in their own bedroom, I don't know if it needs to be a public event. I have a problem with that, but if consenting adults want to do these things, I think they just need honest messaging about you guys are more at risk for this. There is not an accessible vaccine right now. There's no appointments. Uh, it's very painful, I guess, from what I've read. I don't know. Um, I just, I certainly don't want sitting senators and public health officials. I, I don't want this messaging of, oh, everybody's at risk. I think that's the mistake we made uh, in the 1980s. And it's it's not the, and we made it again in COVID. It's not the case. And I think we could have saved a lot of lives with COVID of uh, being honest about who's at risk. Um, but still letting people go about and do their things. If someone who's obese and overweight wants to go out without a mask in the height of COVID, like that's, their thing, but just be honest is my opinion, but maybe I'm not a public health official. I don't know. I can't stop a pandemic, but I believe in freedom. So it's hard for me to balance that line, you know? Well, it, it's sort of like what a lot of people were saying at the beginning of the pandemic of COVID. Uh, I sad that we have to now specify which pandemic we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I but thought it was once every hundred years a pandemic. Why do we have yeah, two? Yeah, we're just we're we're cramming all sorts of pandemics. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just the pandemic of the year, which will probably be blamed on climate change, but <laughs> whatever. Um in the beginning, a lot of people were saying, look, this is a respiratory illness. We probably should just quarantine, not quarantine, or like at least put those who are old and at risk and tell them, like, hey, you're at high risk. Here, we're going to focus on you. The rest of us are going to go about our lives and do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and in sort of the same way, that approach could have worked here. Monkey box. As opposed to it getting out of hand where it could start a lot faster, where they could have said, hey, you're at a higher risk. Therefore, we're going to let you know the education and we're going to give you the resources to 
to keep this under control as opposed to kind of looping everybody into this and putting everybody on edge for for something that 99% of us are never going to see or never going to experience hope turn into like right. the bubonic plague and we're all covered in sores or something um but it it is interesting we could have and they just fail to do that again where they're just like you know they're sounding the alarm bells they're making it seem like it's this big thing that everybody's going to get it and it's everyone's in danger of getting it as opposed to just being honest and being the adults in the room and saying look this is what happened this is what don't engage in these activities don't do these things um so yeah it seems like we don't learn very much from the way we've messed up in the past even just very recently but i do think part of it uh, and this is a whole other side thing, but I think we are weirdly okay with telling people to stay home, saying you're racist if you like need to go out again to work. I got that too. Um, but we we don't want to touch sex. It's like sex is very sacred. Um, I, I think we have this belief that like sex is one of the greatest rights we have, like sex without consequences. This sort of mirrors like the abortion thing that's going on in my opinion, of just uh, people cannot fathom that they cannot have access to sex without consequences. And I think Wiener's tweet kind of says it of like, it's okay to do everything else to tell people to not go to work, any of that, but you can't tell them that maybe they shouldn't be having sex or maybe if they have sex, they're gonna have consequences. Uh, that's not me advocating for people not receiving the treatment that they need or anything like that. But we have a weird obsession with sexual liberation and sexual freedom. Uh, in this, uh, I don't mean that in a prudish way. It just seems like we put that above almost everything else. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, yeah. not to get off topic, but it is funny how that was the argument coming out of a lot of people after the Roe v. Wade was mm -hmm. overturned. A lot of people who were upset about that were like, well, now I have to be careful, like who I have sex with and you know, I have to think about these things before yeah. I, I have sex. And it's like, yes. Yeah, so, yes. yeah that's the point. Like, uh -huh. you know, don't, maybe you should think about who you could, you know, if you engage in that activity, you might potentially have a child with that person. That is the, the consequence of it. Um, I'm glad you're awake, Phil. I'm awake. Yeah, that was the big <laughs> joke. Last week. I know, I heard. Yes. We kept saying uh, Dan's awake. Yes. woke up just like Natalie. <laughs> Natalie woke up too. She had a great same awakening. time. Yeah, same yeah. time. Everyone had waking up <laughs> all over the place. Everyone was, was checking out of the matrix. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I don't know if if you have any more thoughts about monkeypox. Uh, where we're gonna go? Uh, do you think it's gonna get that bad that there's gonna be a lot of legislation? Do you think we're headed towards? Um, I don't know whatever I, I i would say i don't know what's coming i don't think anything's happening but it's california i don't things could happen <laughs> overnight and all of a sudden we could be looking at a lot of weird restrictions overnight it's true yeah one observation i will say is um as far as like the state as sub state legislature side in california the session ends um at the end of the month so if they you know the blessing is you know if they do anything we just have this month to get through 
and if they don't do anything well then we're in the safe we're in the safe zone so um just wanted to plug that in um the legislature um session ends this month so we we can hope for the best yes <laughs> that's all we can yep. do well we can probably but do did a you but Cynthia, did you double check to see if there's any more bdsm festivals going on this month because i did not know that yeah well well then we don't know i mean anything could happen between now and the end of the month if there's it's any true. more of those festivals going on mm -hmm. um well i you know it's right now there's seven thousand cases i i don't know why i emphasize that like that's a lot of people out of 300 million people but um hopefully it doesn't yeah. spread to like children and stuff like that the children who did get it i don't want to even think about how those poor children got monkeypox. But yeah, it's it's hopefully it's another flash in terms of a pandemic. And um, I guess a good way to, to end the, the the podcast today is: Do you think the world has finally come to like pandemic fatigue, and that? these pandemics are just going to wash over people's heads and they're like, I don't really care anymore. Um, I do. And I don't know if that's a good thing um, because there may come a day, hopefully more than a hundred years from now where it's a real threat. And I don't know if these people realize how much damage they're doing to public health. I, I believe, I think we would all agree that so much of this, was malicious and it was for control and in that way they knew what they were doing but i i would assume they would want us to listen to them and want us to trust them and so much of what they're doing is antithetical to that and i think they really do cannot fathom like why is it that people won't trust us why is it all these trump supporters whatever um because it would behoove them to have people listen and just comply and you know i'll never look at the v word the same way again and i was not anti that before this. I was just a regular person. I always kind of did my own research. I never got like a flu shot, but it wasn't like a cornerstone of my personality. And this whole thing has is something that I've like dedicated all of my free time to, and it made me switch parties and you know rediscover Christ. And we've been through all that, but like I'm never going to hear the word and think the same thing ever again. And that's not to say I'll never take one. I'll never take the COVID one. But they're doing so much damage with this public health messaging of it's an emergency, but then go out to a restaurant, but wear a mask and then go out and have, you know, uh, relations and a, whatever, uh, but cover up your things with Band-Aids. I mean, it's just it's so confusing. And I, I believe that people are smarter than all of these bureaucrats and so many elected officials give us credit for. And there could come a day where it's a serious thing and even someone like me. I might not take it seriously because I just do not know who to trust and I don't trust anything that they're saying at this point. So I don't know. I think, uh, and this may be getting off a little, getting off topic, but I think um, for all the people who pretend they're not religious in this country, mm -hmm. there are certainly a lot of people who worship at the altar of the state yes they say they're not religious they try to be like yeah bro i'm an atheist yeah. i don't believe in god but they believe that the government is all powerful and all-knowing 
and all righteous. Mm-hmm. Only when their party is in power, though. Only when their people are in power. You know, yeah. if Trump's in power, it doesn't count. Um, but they've they've gotten to the point where they worship the state, and I think they've been conditioned a long time to worship the state. And this is this is like the rapture for them. This is like this is it. The the state is calling them home. Like we need our our loyal disciples to listen to us, to mask up, to give up your business, give up your homes, give up everything because we told you to do so. Um, and it, it's interesting how devout they are that when the state says jump, they say how high. And they were become that zealous about their worship. They've just replaced one religion yes. with another. And that's where we're at now is you have a lot of people who just blindly accept whatever the government tells them to do and they mm-hmm. don't question anything. Yeah. Cause human beings need God. Yeah. A God. I think you fill that with something. Uh, and I think we're called to virtue. I, we just spoke about this on the religious thing. I really do believe we're called to virtue. And if you don't know what virtue is and you're not taught virtue, uh, an easy way to literally signal virtue, but to be virtuous is to put on a mask. You know, we want to feel that and we are called to that. And if you're completely lost and you've been raised poorly and we're in this terrible culture, well, how do you attain virtue? Nobody knows. So put on a mask and care about your neighbor and don't kill grandma and all that, you know? Yeah. And then you're also a part of a group too. Yes, that's true. Very important for humans. Yeah. You'll, you'll find your people. Um, you'll find the other, the pro maskers. Um, (laughs) tonight I was watching, uh, the Mets play and it was the end of the game. 50,000 people were on their feet. They scanned the crowd and there was one guy with an N95 mask on (laughs) out of 50,000 people. And it's one of those things where you just go, boy, you're really holding on to that. Aren't yeah. You? Yeah. You're dying on this hill. You got to give him credit yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, he probably got on a subway with that on. He probably left his apartment and walked through Manhattan with that thing on. And now he's in the middle of a Mets game with 50,000 people screaming and yelling all around him, but he's got that mask on. And that's. I know how he feels just the reverse. I have many a time been the only one without the mask on. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not averse to having a hill to die on. It's just not the hill I would die on. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. And there's a lot of status worshiping at the altar. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that's where I think. I think maybe that's the the moral of this story with the pandemic is they're seeing how many disciples they have, to put it lightly, you know. Uh, whether it's if you want to believe in the world economic forum and all that stuff and they're building a new world go- new world order or whatever i think governments just like to see how many disciples they have how many people are going to blindly follow us and do whatever we want and they're going to abuse it and i think the past two years have shown it's pretty split down the middle i think it's 50 50 of people who will stand up and say no and i think there's a good amount of people who are like Whatever the government tells me, govern me harder, daddy, that whole thing. But maybe this is, I know we're running long, but maybe this is waking more folks up because anytime I saw pushback in these articles about monkeypox, it is 
they've really bungled the response. We need more vaccines. We need better. We can't get the treatment, the antibiotic you're supposed to take. And so if you can't rely on your God government and they are going to bungle the response, then maybe you need to rely on something else. Maybe you need to take steps to protect yourself and figure out what you can do. Maybe you need to strengthen your own response because the government, obviously, people are going to let you down. Um, and I'm sure it's very terrifying to be in that community right now and to feel that way. So what can you do to help yourself? And I hope more people are seeing that because I don't want anyone to get monkeypox, obviously. Uh, and I'm praying for anyone who does. It sounds very, very painful. But if they're not there with the vaccines and you shouldn't rely on that anyways, if they're not there with all this stuff that you feel that you need, what do you do then? You know, you're going to have to do something and humans are resourceful. So figure it out. <laughs> Don't rely on the government. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, obviously none of us are hoping anyone gets monkeypox. Yes. We hope monkeypox disappears tomorrow. We're yes. not wishing monkeypox on anybody and we're not saying, well, we hope this no. group of people get monkeypox as, as punishment or anything. But um, yeah. So with that said, we have run over a little bit over an hour. I apologize to everyone for the technical difficulties. It's this new platform. I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and write a very mean spirited letter to the support team and say, what the heck is going on with this platform? Uh, may Please tell them. Yeah, because I, I had videos queued up. I had articles queued up. I had a video from CNN queued up. Those are always fun to watch, but alas. It just means we'll have to have you back on soon, Natalie. Yes, I would love that. Excellent. So uh, any final thoughts, Cynthia, Natalie, before we sign off for the, the night? No, just thank you for coming back on, Natalie. You're a favorite guest of ours and um i knew we knew it would be a very productive and well-meaning conversation about the state of emergency that we're in yeah thank you for having me it's always a pleasure and i i really enjoyed it great and uh anyone as i said every show if you make sure you text at least one person one family member and share it with someone let them know say hey i think you'd like this podcast Maybe not this particular podcast because there's a lot of technical difficulties. Maybe pick a different podcast. But it's always good to hear Natalie. So, and Natalie didn't drop out at all. So if you don't that's, care about that's what's important. I should have just kept talking. No, just kidding. Yeah, just Natalie just kept rolling. If you don't care about hearing me in these podcasts, then absolutely <laughs> share this one with anybody you want because I was in and out the whole time. Um, so with that, uh, as always, coffee and California politics. Every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., we do the podcast live at 8 p.m. Uh, if you follow on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, comment for the algorithms and all that. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 